0: Um, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8 this morning. And, you know, it's been really good for me to, go, to be going through the book of Proverbs. I uh, just, Amen. just, uh, <laughs> wow, uh, <laughs> just a few weeks ago, I have, a, I have the, the normal Bible app that everybody has. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. But I also have a Bible app that puts a little widget on my home screen. So I, I might have shown you this, but so every day when I open up my, my cell phone, there's this little rectangle over here on the side, and it's probably hard to see from there, but it's really neat because it updates itself every, every morning, and when you click on it, it expands and it gives you a daily Bible verse. So if you think uh, from my Facebook post that I'm just like really faithful in the Word all the time... Well, that might be true, but I'm really just copying and pasting these daily things. Um, <laughs> and about a week or so ago, uh, one of them was from Proverbs, and it was just so good. And I was like, wow, you know, it's, it's been a while since I've really just gone through Proverbs and just soaked in the, the wisdom of the Lord. And so I've been going through it day by day, and I just love how much it has for us. You know, there's, there's something about Proverbs that's very dear to my heart. Um, As I began to seek the Lord personally, in a personal way, outside of church, outside of Bible study, just me and Jesus, I had a very um, sober mind about the fact I had no idea what this really said. And I was very well aware that even as I started reading it, I didn't really think I was actually getting everything I was supposed to be getting. Baylor, can you turn off the spotlight for me? Um, thank you, brother. And I just begin to pray almost immediately on a daily basis. Lord, before I read, would you just teach me? Lord, I need to I need to understand this. First for myself, but also so I can share it with others. And Lord, if you don't teach me, who will? And so every day I just begin a routine of praying for wisdom. Very specifically, I'd get up in the morning, I'd, I'd pray and ask God to give me wisdom. And I started to notice that year... After a year, I would look back on my life from the year before, and there was just such a drastic difference. And, and what God had taught me, what I had learned, was was just amazing. And I didn't always notice it in the in and out, you know, day to day part of my life, but in hindsight, it was evident for me. And I was just so thankful that God had been answering my my prayers. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk this morning. Um, about wisdom and really uh, uh, the call the call for wisdom so let's pray one more time real quick as we start father god i thank you so much for this morning i thank you for the opportunity to just be gathered with my brothers and sisters in christ and i thank you more than anything lord as we're gathered here you're in the midst of us That you have joined us, Father, that for those who have been born again by the Spirit of God, that you dwell in us and you never leave us nor forsake us. That your promises to us are yes and amen. And you withhold no good thing from those who love you and walk uprightly. So Lord, teach us this morning to seek after you and grant us wisdom to know you and to share your word with others. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So I'm going to start, and I'm, I'm going to read all of Proverbs 8, and we're going, to, we're going to take just a section of it to really study, but I think it's good for us to just absorb what the Lord is saying here. Starting in verse 1, it reads, Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lip, lift up her voice. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things, for my mouth will speak truth wickedness is an abomination to my lips all the words of my mouth are with righteousness nothing crooked or perverse is in them they are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies And all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles all the the judges of the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. Actually, we're just going to stop there this morning. We're just going to stop there. And we're going to focus on those first 18 verses. But I love how, it, how this chapter starts. Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift up her voice? You know, we serve a good God. We serve a God of all power of all might, of all, of all understanding, of all ability, and he's good. See, we serve the God who has declared the end from the beginning. That means everything from creation to the coming of Christ and, and beyond, he has already solidified in his mind. There is no changing it, there is no altering it, there is no if, ands, or buts. The word of God, Ephesians 2.10, says that you were created in Christ Jesus as a workmanship, as a work of art, to do not a great random, you know, bunch of things, but to do the good works which were prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Well, that makes it a lot easier. I don't have to figure it out. I just got to do what God already set up for me. That's nice. But wisdom calls out to us. The wisdom that God has established is presenting itself before us and is giving an, us an invitation to be joined with it, to be joined to the wisdom and the understanding of God. God doesn't just you know, take all his goodness and put it on display and then hide it in a box. For us to seek and and hope for. But God displays Himself, He displays His understanding, and He invites us into it. And so we're going to talk about that invitation this morning and how to discern between true godly wisdom and the counterfeit, the counterfeit of worldly wisdom that we are constantly surrounded by constantly surrounded by. Not only are we going to look at that, but we're also going to look at that there's a promise, and there are promises that God has attached to those who seek after His wisdom in His ways. So let's start, um, let's start in verse 5. This is the beginning of wisdom's call to us. It says, "Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence and you fools be of an understanding heart now that's a really funny thing to write because if you really consider the words he's using here and I like to look up words I like to work look up words that I think I already know just to find out the definition and really it's we could almost say hey you you who lack understanding, just stop and consider. How about you just start considering? Oh, and you who have no wisdom, have an understanding heart. It's like that's almost almost t- too simple of a thing to say. But I love the word prudence. Does anybody else in here love the word prudence? Am I just weird? It's okay. It's okay. I've loved it for like a whole like 24 hours now. So, um you know, I looked up the definition of prudence. I just kind of wanted to see, you know, what is that? What's the actual dictionary definition of this word? And basically, the idea of prudence here is someone who cautiously considers his way and his path, right? Where there is this time of meditation on things to come. It's, it's not, it's, it's. it's ugh, I can't talk. It's in a complete contrast to a fool, so, what's a fool? What, what makes someone foolish? A fool is someone who acts either without regard to his actions, without considering the outcome or, or, or what might happen, or even worse, someone who may know and just doesn't care. Right? Someone who acts without counsel, who, who acts quickly in his own impulse. That's kind of a base definition of a fool. And what's interesting is, if we want to be really sober-minded about ourselves before the Lord, we are all fools before God. We are all fools before God. Now, that's just a general sense because God has all wisdom, but even aside from that, in the flesh, we all have are kind of base defaults, right? You have a certain way you look at the world. You have a worldview, okay? A certain way you think, a certain way you act, right? If you're doing business with somebody, you have a certain way you think business should go. You have a certain way you think a man should be, a woman should be, a family should be considered. We have all these kind of ideas and reactions that we have learned growing up in the world in the world now if you had great amazing you know uh, parents who discipled you in the Lord maybe yours are a little better than some of all, some of some of the rest of us um, but we all have these defaults and Proverbs 3 tells us not to lean on our own understanding but in, to, in everything we do acknowledge the Lord and so as we come to faith in Christ there's this place Where we have to acknowledge that, man, if I don't have God's counsel, if I'm not acknowledging God and asking for his way to replace my way, if I'm not looking, Lord, what are your thoughts? Because I need them to replace my thoughts. Because my thoughts are foolish. There was many years where I did everything I thought was right. And the outcome was typically not good. Okay? Okay? There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. That's what the word of the Lord tells us. And so there has to be a place where that word prudence comes into our hearts, where we quiet ourselves, where we consider, and we stop, and we have this, con- this conscious, cautious time of meditation before the Lord. And just as this wisdom is crying out for us, that we cry out back and say, Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. He says, Hey, you fools, get an understanding heart. Get an understanding heart. Now again, I'm a simple guy. You know, I was one of those simple ones that needed some prudence. And so to me, I I I read the scripture and these questions just naturally come up in my heart like, well, if I don't have an if I don't understand, how am I supposed to have an understanding heart? Doesn't make any sense, right? Hey, you who don't know how to build a house, build a house better. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> That's great. But there's a key word here. I think is very important for us in the next verse, in verse 6. And it says, listen. Listen. You fools. You simple ones. Consider your way. Quiet your spirit. Have an understanding heart. Just listen. For I will speak excellent things. From the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Not only is God inviting us into his wisdom, telling us to take time to listen. Because as we still our hearts and our minds before the Lord and ask him to speak, he does. As we open the word of God and say, Lord, I need you to show me something, and we begin to read and allow our hearts to be open to consider what we're reading. And that's the key, to consider what you're reading, not just to read. God will speak and answer those questions of your heart. But he also shows us the character of his wisdom, the character of his wisdom. You know, in James 3, I think 13 through 18, our, uh, our little projector display got a little mixed up today. We had to swap laptops, so sorry about that. But you can write it down if you want to go look it up. James 3, verses 13 through 18, James tells us that there's actually an earthly wisdom that is sensual and demonic, sensual and demonic. And all it does is cause more confusion, right? And some other things that I don't remember off the top of my head. But that there is also a godly wisdom that comes down from above. Now, last week we were talking about keeping your eyes on the things that are above and not the things that are below, right? That wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so... For those of us seeking to be blessed, to live in the will of God, to do right, if if we're always looking and we're always hearing and we're always learning from things before us in a tangible manner and never stopping to hear from God, setting aside time to be still and quiet, to let peace penetrate our heart, how can we receive God's wisdom if it only comes down from above? Because James says that God's wisdom is first pure. It's not tainted. And we're going to see a similar description right here in Proverbs. It's also peaceable, full of mercy, willing to yield. And it bears the fruit of righteousness. And so there's a test and there's a, there's a promise where we can have confidence in. In God's wisdom, because he says, hey, man, if you get wisdom from me, here's a promise. Everything I'm going to tell you, everything I'm going to instruct you in, it's going to be right. Now, that's really important to me, because I'll tell you what. You pick any one of a hundred different life decisions that you have to make, right, about your house, about your finances, your job, where you're going to move to, who you're going to associate with, right? And there's a lot of people who will give you good advice, Good advice. But God's advice is right. It doesn't just sound good, it's right. And it produces righteousness in your life. Now, righteousness is important because we live in a world where we're not isolated. The way I live, the way I speak, the way I act is going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my children. It's going to affect my my brothers and my sister, the church. You know, if you're an arsonist, you might affect your community. So, you know, your actions have consequences. And righteousness is first being in right standing with God, but, but living in a way that is right before the eyes of God also produces righteousness. So you're right in standing with the people around you. You can be in right standing with your employers, with your family, with your friends. And that's important. He says he will speak excellent things, right things, and that he will speak truth. And so we can learn to trust in God's word. And know that the outcome of what God leads us to do will ultimately be for the good. Now, let me see a you raise of hand. How many of you know that some things that ultimately make for what's best are typically not the easiest option? Typically not the easiest option. Okay? God is not overly concerned with your current comfort. Okay? That's alliteration, by, by the way. concern, current comfort. anyways. Um, just kind of came out. He is not overly concerned with your current comfort. He is concerned with the best possible reality for your life, for him to be glorified, and eventually for your reward in heaven. God looks out for you more than you look out for yourself. He does. Because when we're looking out for ourselves, we typically not thinking about heaven. Let's just be honest. We need some wisdom, man. But it also says that wisdom hates certain things. And that if if we're to receive good godly wisdom, and sometimes wisdom is being offered to us from other people, from our peers, pastors, elders, you know, church friends, whatever it is, and we need to be able to identify, hey, is what I'm hearing, is this actually wise? Is this really the best course? Is this coming from the Lord? And wisdom here says, hey, when I speak, there's no wickedness in it. Now, wickedness, that's, that's anything that's evil or even morally wrong. Morally wrong, right? And so someone is giving us advice if they're leading us in a certain way that seems best for us or to cause a desirable outcome, but there's something in there where the path we take or the words we use, we're gonna have to do something that is it maybe wrong, or where some, some part of our path has to remain hidden, that if it came out in the light and everybody heard about it, that we would be ashamed? Is that the counsel that God gives? No. God calls us to live in the light. Jesus says, hey man, when I speak to you in secret, proclaim it on the rooftops, because there's no place for shame or darkness in the counsel of the Lord. He also says, hey, nothing crooked or perverse comes out of my mouth, right? So anything that's out of place, anything that's not appropriate to the context and to the people around is not wisdom, is not wisdom. Wisdom produces righteousness, rightness, truth. But God tells us we have to listen and we have to receive that from the Lord. And he says in verse 10 and 11, hey, check this out. I'm sorry, um, let's back up to verse 9. They are all plain to him, understand, and right to those who find knowledge. So receive my instruction rather than silver, rather than gold, rather than rubies. Because nothing that you can get on this earth is going to compare to wisdom. Let me ask you something. If you've got three hard workers, at you know, let's say you're a, you're you have your own company, right? You're a GM, you're you're a crew leader, and you've got three hard workers, and they're equally equally hardworking, but one of them is truly wise, and he sees things that the other people don't see. He discerns things other people don't. See. He sets up, you know, things to help the workflow. He he. He says, well, you know, that's going to cause an issue, and we need to to back up, and we need to address that now. Who's going to get the raise? Who's going to get the position? The one who's wise. Not the one who's knowledgeable, the one who's wise, knows how to apply truth and righteousness in those situations. And it's interesting, some of the things that I used to think were, like, so complicated— when I first started walking to the Lord now, when God grants you wisdom, what is right and what is wrong suddenly becomes clear. And you see these issues and you listen to all these things going on on Facebook and the news and like all these debates about, well, is it good? Is it bad? Is it? And you're just like, I'm trying to figure out how to say, are these guys stupid without saying, are these guys stupid? But like, oh my gosh, like, how do you not see this? How do you not see to see? Wis- wisdom does something to your heart, does something to your eyes, to your mind, where suddenly what is good and right before the Lord becomes clear. If we allow it to change the way we think, if we cry aloud for it and say, Lord, I need you to teach me how to see. I need you to teach me how to speak. I need you to teach me how to minister or work or whatever it is. Lord, what is the right way? Because he sees all the pitholes holes ahead of you, that you don't even know you're coming up to. Again, my buddy Joe in San Antonio, he was telling me, he was so, con- man, this tree fell on my house, and I've got a, all, you know, my fence is broke, and insurance claims, and my car, the tire went out, I had to get a tow truck, and a week later, I'm in San Antonio, 7 a.m., or 8 a.m., having coffee at a Starbucks, and he's like, man, my tow truck driver was a Muslim. I started sharing the gospel with him. Man, the guy came out, and we started talking about Christ. He was a Christian, and instead of charging me all these, you know, crazy amount of money for this tree work, he said, "I need to replace this AC at a church for seven hundred bucks. If you got seven hundred bucks, we'll call it good." And he's like, "I was freaking out about my finance, figuring, out, man, why is this happening?" And he's like, "Now I see, God is shepherding me. He's teaching me to trust Him, and that God was working through those things. Yeah, man, it's because God knows what He's doing." He's wiser than you are. Your wisdom would have said, nah, how about how about let's not wreck the house and car and fence, right? Let's keep the wallet in the back pocket and the money in the bank. That would have been my wisdom. And then that Muslim would have never heard the gospel. That church wouldn't have got a new AC. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Seek those things. Seek those things first, rather than, rather than rubies, rather than power. You know, there was a man who was the wisest king to ever live, the richest king, I believe, to ever live. You know what his name was? Solomon. And God was pleased with Solomon. Do you know why? God said, "Ask for anything you want." And he says, Lord, I'm a young man. How am I supposed to judge this great people? Give me a heart that understands your ways. Let me discern between good and evil so that I can do righteously in this land. And it says God was well pleased with his words. And God not only granted him wisdom, but he granted him the influence and the power and the finances that he wasn't even asking for because he would be he was wise enough to deal with those things. Verse 12 again wisdom says that she dwells with prudence and those who find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. And here's the thing, there's a there's a a verse in the Bible that I want you to all be very well acquainted with. Everybody say Romans one thirty-two. Okay, Ro- let's do that again. Romans one thirty-two. Now, here's why this is important. Romans 1, the, the, the passage before that verse, describes every evil, wicked thing and the things that are like them. And then in verse 32, it says that those knowing that the practice of all this wickedness the penalty of it is death. Not only do they practice it, but they approve of those who practice. Romans one thirty two tells us that if you say, "Oh well, I don't, you know, I don't, believe, I don't do that," but you know, it's okay. We, I approve of them doing it. It's not my lifestyle. I wouldn't do that. No, oh, Lord, you know. Hmm. But if they do it, it's okay. That approving of wickedness, approving of those things which breaks God's heart, puts you in the same boat of guilt as if you did it yourself. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, not avoid it, but accept it. That is not the way of Christ. That is not the church. And that is what the church has been doing and why the church is in shambles. Okay, side note, over. But listen to this. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. How is it that Solomon was able to have such wealth, such influence, dominion over his empire, and freedom from his enemies? Yes, God granted that for him, but it was because he had a mind of wisdom. You know, when your strength fails, a wise man still has his wisdom. And here's the thing, everything else in your life that your money, you can spend it. Your strength, it flows out. You get tired, right? But wisdom is an investment that continues to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. And the new wisdom you get only solidifies the wisdom that God gave you beforehand, and you only get wiser. And it allows us to see into the will and the heart of God in situations, A wise king blesses his people and remains on the throne. A wise business owner treats his employees well. He honors God with his finances, and all the work that he does will prosper. He makes the appropriate decisions. He cuts out the appropriate um, spending. He makes the right partnerships because God grants him wisdom, and what he does succeeds by me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. And listen then, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Did you know that's a promise of God? Hebrews 11, six. If you say you have faith, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Love always does what's best for someone whether they like it or not, again, different story. But it always seeks what's best, what's right, what's true. The wisdom of God loves those who love them. And if you seek God's counsel, his counsel will protect you. It will shepherd you. It will guide you. The Holy Spirit, his job is to guide you, to bring back, to remember Jesus' Jesus's words, to lead you into all truth. That is his purpose in your life. Are you letting him do that? totally different question are you asking for him to do that I've had God tell me to do weird not weird stuff but stuff that didn't make sense and I heard him say it put it on my heart and it was burning I'm like why though why I don't that I don't get it and sometimes I kind of grudgingly said okay and sometimes he kind of just led it that direction anyways and then all these things came to light that I didn't know about and I went oh yeah, that's why. I should have listened to that the first time. But the grace of God was upon my life, and that's how we learn, right? We learn through those struggles of faith, through trials. Your, your, your faith is tested, but it's also strengthened. Wisdom loves you. The wisdom of God is, is for your good. And if you seek it, you'll find it. And it says in verse 18, riches and honor are with me. Enduring, enduring riches and in righteousness, God knows how to bless those who seek His will and how to honor those who honor Him. I want to just use one more example before we close. Probably the best example I can, one of the best examples I can think of. It's always Daniel, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Daniel from the from the Bible. He was taken in the cap- in captivity. And no matter how much he prayed, no matter how faithful David was gonna be, nothing was gonna get him back home, not for 70 years. Good, bad, or ugly, faithful or not faithful, he was in Babylon for 70 years. And his prayers weren't gonna change that because God, that was God's will for him. Daniel, despite the unfortunate circumstances, despite being in the midst of judgment and discipline, despite being reigned over by a wicked pagan ruler, He chose to be faithful to God. And everything that told him to disobey the Lord, to just, you know what? Hey, you're a captive, you're a slave. Just eat the food they give you, right? Just eat it. Like, where's the temple? Where's your God? You're in exile. Just eat the food. And in the whole book of Daniel, we hear about four dudes who were faithful to the Lord. Out of all those millions of Israelites, we hear about four. And he said, No, nah, I'm gonna honor, I'm not gonna eat that. And he asked the guard, hey, can we just eat kosher and you just or we'll just eat these vegetables and you just see if God doesn't make us look better than all these other people? And God granted that, and they looked better, and they were wiser, and they were established as wise men. And then the next trial came, and hey, you're gonna die, you might as well run, right? He could have fled, he could have tried to find his ways to get out of this, and he said, You know what? Daniel went home, he told his friends, and they prayed. And said, Lord, show us the dream. And then they went to bed, and God granted it. And when he was able to tell the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar, he was awarded with wealth and position and majesty, and he was exalted in proportion to the way he was willing to exalt his Lord. And that continued to happen over and over and over through Daniel's life. He was the right hand of power to Babylon, the wise man over the wise men. And everything that came towards him, he decided to pray and to seek the Lord. And God gave him not only the wisdom to handle the issues, not only the wisdom to rule over this massive empire of Babylon, but also the blessing and the finances and the security that his life needed and even beyond what his life needed. And my point to you is this, guys. The one thing that will always tempt you the most to set aside God's counsel, to step away from what's, what we know in our heart is right, is a fear of not having security. Right? Right? Not having financial security, not having that relationship that we feel in our heart we need, not having, you know, uh, whatever it is for our kids or grandkids, or I might lose my... There's always something that we feel like, oh, I need this. This is where I'm secure. And we step away from God's wisdom to secure that. But God says, no, when you listen to my wisdom, my wisdom will guide you. It will tell you what's right and true. And the resource you need for, my, for your life is with the wisdom of God. And guys, I want to testify to that. I've been doing ministry for six years. I've been a pastor at this church officially doing ministry since November 1st, 2014. And there have been many, many, many times where there was an easier path. Where there was someone that I didn't want to be offended or hurt. Or where there was no feasible way to pay my rent, to pay my car, to get, to get food. And it was through those moments of crying out and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I need you. And I need you. But I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to make my own route. That God's wisdom came in and provided an answer, and that His provision has always been with me. My children have never gone hungry. And my rent has always been paid. A couple, late a couple times, but it got paid. God is with you if you are willing to seek Him. His wisdom is crying out for you. Simple question. Are you willing to cry out back? Guys, let's pray. And let's, let's ask that uh, the enduring riches of wisdom and the righteousness and honor that God gives would be granted to us as we seek him. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning, Lord. I thank you that your word has been freely given to us. Lord, that we're not left as orphans, but that you're always, always with us always ready to provide, and Jesus, you tell us that if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that everything else we need will be granted to us. So Lord, let us see clearly. I pray, Jesus, that you would grant us your wisdom, Father, to know how to speak and know how to be silent, to know when to move and when to be still, Father God. And Father God, whatever these people are pursuing in their hearts, Lord God, um, In any situation, I pray that you would bring to light areas where they need your wisdom, Lord God. And that this week, as they just meditate on on Proverbs 8, Father God, that you would speak and you would provide those things they're asking for. Because you give wisdom freely and liberally to all who ask and believe. That's your promise in James chapter 1. So Lord, we just confess right now, Lord God, that we don't have the wisdom to walk righteously in all these areas of our life. But we ask that you would begin to teach us to unfold the reality of your word and to show us how to step rightly and in all truth with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.